Today I'm joined by Brian Whitmer, who is the editor of Elliott Wave International's European Financial Forecast and contributes to the monthly global market perspective. Hi, Brian. Thanks for taking a couple of minutes to chat today. Hello, Alex. Nice to be here. Now, Brian, you start off the latest issue of the European Financial Forecast by focusing on tech right off the bat. So why was it front and center this month? Yeah, I'm focused on tech really because this sector displays all of the things that we look for, you know, kind of leading up to a reversal. Um, you know, the, the main thing we focus on, obviously, is Elliott Waves. We can see the structure here in a lot of different indexes. I'm showing here the uh, Stock 600 Technology Index. This is back to the 09 uh, lows here. And we just have this really pretty textbook five-wave advance. We've got a wave one, two. We've got a nice third wave here. Um, we've got a real textbook triangle there. And where that puts us is in this fifth and final leg uh, uh, to new all-time highs. Now, you know, the biggest sign that, that, uh, that a sector is, is overheating is when really the, the, the optimism starts surging ahead of fundamentals. And I think we're definitely seeing, seeing that in, in European tech now. Um, we've got venture capital funds. We've got money just pouring into those. We've got, um, I don't know if you've heard about Station F in Paris. It just opened last month. Biggest uh, technology startup incubator in the world now. I mean, these are the kinds of projects that come about, you know, at the tail end of, a, of an uptrend. We've got government getting involved now, especially in France. Macron wants to um, uh, uh, lead a, turn France into a startup nation. He's got a $10 billion uh, public fund to, to fund technology startups. Um, these are all, you know, the telltale signs uh, that this is a late stage rally and, and that optimism is just, just overflowing. Now, Draghi has been front and center this summer, given the expectations that the European Central Bank would announce when it plans to roll back its stimulus. But you actually argue that bond spreads have gone in the opposite direction than they should have, given expectations surrounding the ECB. So can you explain that? Yeah, I'm just I'm always fascinated when when markets move against the popular narrative. And right here, the, the, the narrative is that, look, Draghi's going to end this stimulus program, right? He's going to stop purchasing these bonds at some point, whether it's this quarter, whether it's next quarter, this stimulus program is going to end. And the view is that that, that knowledge should be sending spreads really soaring, especially in peripheral Europe, which is most affected by this uh, bond buying program. But that's, it's just not really what we've seen. If we look at spreads between Italian and Spanish debt with German debt, the top line is, is Italian debt here. And we just hit a, this is about a two month low um, in this spread. So the, the, the spread was widening in 20, 2015 and 2016, but it has come back quite a bit. If you look at Spain, that spread just hit a two year low um, against German debt. So um, again, you know, I don't think what's driving the bond market right now is, is Draghi's action or action or, or inaction. I think what's driving this is complacency. We're seeing the same thing in bonds that we're, we're seeing in stocks. And I, and I think this is a, another dangerous market um, to be buying right now. And investor complacency is actually something that you've been stressing, not just in the latest issue of the European financial forecast, but in many of your recent letters over the last 12 months. And you still believe that this is an enormous tail risk for the markets. Why is that? Right. If I had to pick one, you know, factor that I think is driving most of today's financial trends, I think it's it's complacency. Um, you know, investors are optimistic. They're optimistic that stocks are going to continue higher. They're optimistic that the economy is going to continue uh, improving. And and they're as such, they're willing to own debt in in the weakest economies in Europe just to achieve 
uh, some kind of, of yield. And we're seeing the same complacency in the junk bond market. We're really seeing the same complacency in um, you know, things like credit default swaps, which are kind of an insurance contract against default. I showed uh, an index uh, last month from market of uh, CDS rates on, on senior financial debt. Um, the thing to notice about this chart is when there's a lot of fear in the market, it costs investors a lot of money to insure uh, their bonds against default because everybody expects them to default. Um, when there's a lot of complacency in the market, the cost of insurance becomes really cheap. And that's exactly what we're, we're seeing. Really, we've been seeing that since uh, 2014. And we just fell to the lowest level now. Um, I think this is the lowest since January of 2008, right? So just before the, the biggest credit crisis since in a, in a generation, we're showing those levels of complacency today. I think this really kind of confirms what we think we're seeing in, in the wave structure in stocks, which is that we're, we're, we're reaching a peak here in optimism. And Brian, what will turn first, stocks, credit, or spreads in your view? Stocks first. Um, I think, you know, the stocks are, stocks are a leading indicator of social mood. Um, I think, you know, they start to trend down, and after that trend has been established, then you're going to start to see uh, stress in the credit markets. Then you're going to start to see uh, that kind of, um, uh, uh, that waxing negative social mood show up in things like politics and, and current events. But definitely the stock market is, is the best leading indicator of mood. Brian, thanks for talking today. Certainly a lot to keep our eye on over in Europe. Hey, thanks for having me, Alex.